the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. We are in a series entitled, So What?, based on the Apostle Paul's uh, letter to the Ephesian church. Our sermon title this morning is, Be Strong in the Lord. And the only reason why I use that title is because a, a, a big piece of the letter to the Ephesians has to do with spiritual strength. Uh, in fact, in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, we will be commanded to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, to put on the full armor of God. The full armor of God. That, that's not a, a piece of teaching. The, the full armor is not pieces of, of philosophical ideas or, or didactic teachings and things like that. The armor is Jesus. Put on Jesus. That's the theme, the overarching theme of the book or letter to the Philippians. Uh, so uh, the book or the letter to the Ephesians is all about our position in Christ. You know, I mean, you, you, will, you will read about uh, us being blessed in Christ, having peace in Christ, having righteousness in Christ. Uh, all of these things are given to us positionally. We have been put in position to have blessings, to have peace, to have righteousness. Uh, this does not come from us. It comes from God. So what we need to answer every time Scripture says, says to us, you are blessed, so what? How do I respond to that? In Christ you have peace. So what? What does that mean? How does that practically apply to our everyday life? You are righteous in Christ. So what? That's what we seek to answer. This morning, in Christ, the Bible says we have the Spirit of God. We have been indwelt by the Spirit. We are called to be spiritually strong. So what? How does that work? How does that show. It's a, it's a big part of our walk with Christ. It's Communion Sunday, so you need to expect these types of sermons. Sermons that you probably already heard many times, but we need to be focused on what these, what the importance and vital part uh, these pieces of teachings from the Word of God accomplishes for us on our daily walk with God. Did you know that being a Christian is a daily walk with God? And in that daily walk, we do two things. We walk in the Spirit. That's a, that's, that's a commandment. And we also carry our cross. What does that mean? It means that there is, in the Christian life, there is the burden 
of being separate from the world, that we have a cross to carry, that, that calling ourselves Christians is not necessarily a popular thing to the world. The devil certainly doesn't like it when we walk in the Spirit and carry our cross. Imagine carrying a cross and walking in the Spirit. Nevertheless, as Christians, we are commanded so by Scriptures. When we talk about being strong in the Lord, when we talk about spiritual strength, we're talking about spiritual growth and maturity. I'm, I'm just using these terms uh, you know, to, to, to designate spiritual strength. So if you hear me say spiritual growth and spiritual maturity, I am speaking about spiritual strength. So um, I want to make that Clear. I want to use the term spiritual strength because it's a more dynamic term. When you talk about spiritual growth, it doesn't seem like um, it's, it's saying much. It's saying a lot of great things that, that there is a mandate to, you know, to grow. But it's not as, di- as dynamic as saying you have to be strong spiritually. When we use the term maturity, it seems like a stagnant term. You know? it, it seems like you can fake that thing. It seems like you can call yourself a spiritually mature person or a spiritually growing person. But I want to let you know that having been a Christian for a long time, you can do a lot of things in the power of the flesh. You and I can do a lot of things in, our, you know, in the power of our own volition. But God says you will be marked by spiritual strength. And it has to show in practical ways in our lives. So... Um, For the next few moments, we're going to take a look at what it means to be spiritually strong. And why do we need it? Why do we need spiritual strength? This is not an option to Christians. It's it's never a, a, you know, up for for negotiation when it comes to being spiritually strong. Uh, We may not be having the same spiritual strength all the time as followers of Jesus. But this is the trajectory of our lives. We are to move in the direction of spiritual strength. We grow in overcoming the unholy trinity of the power of the flesh, the world, and the devil. That's why we need spiritual strength. We have three enemies. Many of you know the enemy of our soul. The enemies of our soul is the flesh, our sinful nature. The world, that is the world system that is opposed against God because it's fallen. And, of course, the devil. And, you know, don't shut me down <laughs> when I speak of the devil. Many people do not believe in the devil anymore. But the Bible, Jesus speaks of the reality of his influence in the world. So Jesus says, unless you're born again, you'll never be able to walk in that spiritual strength. So, uh, uh, if you are struggling uh, this morning uh, in, in growing in spiritual strength, uh, chances are you probably haven't asked the question, so what? How do I do this? How does this work? Well, you need to be born again. You need to be born from above. That's the term uh, that we use as Christians to designate the fact that you have surrendered your life and have placed your faith in Jesus. That's what the term is, to be born from above. You're literally, spiritually speaking, turning over the keys of your life to the rulership and lordship of Jesus. As you enter his kingdom, he becomes your king. That's what it means 
to be saved. That's what it means to be born again. Uh, I, I know this personally because I grew up in church. I grew up, I know the lingo, I know, I, I know everything about church, what church people say. I, I, I know all of that and I can, I can talk a good Christian talk until I heard the gospel, until I turned over my life to the Lord Jesus Christ at the age of 16, which was not very long ago, I may add. So it's important for us to, to be born again. And when we're born again, there's really going to be a change, a change in us. We're going to be changed positionally from living in darkness to light. We're going to be changed positionally from, from death to life. Everything will be refocused, recalibrated towards the path to the kingdom of God. So uh, this morning, the Bible teaches us to be strong, to be spiritually strong, to be able to walk that path that leads us to glory. Once we're born again and the change takes place, um, we are going to be positioned for spiritual strength. You and I can remain strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That's a guarantee. That's what the Holy Spirit does, strengthens us. In Acts 1.8, Jesus promised His disciples to tarry in Jerusalem. And on the 50th day, the Holy Spirit shall come and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's always about knowing our position in Jesus. It's all about knowing that we are filled with the Spirit. When you are saved, you know it. When you are a Christian, you know it. There's no doubt in your mind because that, that spiritual strength, that momentum towards spiritual strength begins to happen. Uh, and it, takes, it, it, it brings about a progression of growth in our spiritual life. It takes place as a, as a process uh, that builds us up. So a couple of things this morning before we receive communion. Uh, four things, uh, identifiable traits, and they all build on each other, that testifies to the fact that, that we, are, we have spiritual strength, okay? So these are, these are four things. Um, these are not exhaustive. There are other things. There are other marks. But these are the four main things that, that testifies to the fact that we are uh, obtaining or moving towards spiritual growth. Number one, spiritual strength shows us that we are distinct, makes us distinct. We are different. Different in what? In our action, in our words, in our thinking. Our loyalty will change. This is done by the Holy Spirit. The change is the work of God's Spirit the moment we come to faith in Jesus. What does He change? He changes the inside of the person, the inner being, the heart and the mind. He gives us a new uh, perspective in life. Look at the verse again. For this reason, Paul writes, I kneel before the Father from whom His whole family in heaven on earth derives its name. There's a new name written in glory for you and I. And we are identified with God's name. It's a name distinct from what the world 
calls you. It's distinct from what the devil tries to make you and I believe. It's, it's a different name. It's a different kind of a persona that our own flesh dictates. You know, in the Bible, um, Jacob's name meant deceiver. Because he was in the habit of deceiving people. He deceived his own brother for his inheritance. And he deceived his father-in-law for the hand of, you know, of the younger uh, wife that he wanted. And for all his life, he's labeled, he was labeled was a deceiver. Until he had that struggle, that dream where he encountered God at a place called Bethel, and God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. The name Israel, of course, translates to someone who's honorable. So that's what happens when we receive the Spirit. We receive a new name. Not necessarily he's changing your name literally, but he's changing who you are. Name is an attribute of a person's character and traits. When you say God is God, you better be ready to say to yourself and to God who you think he is. And it's the same thing for us. When we say we're followers of Jesus, that name that we carry has to have the value intact. In Christ we are a new creation, the Bible says, and our name is geared towards eternal, to our eternal destiny. The flesh can, can call you a lustful person, but in Christ, you are a spiritual, spiritually minded person. Even within the kingdom of God, we often struggle uh, in recognizing our old, our own, our new name, we we don't recognize who who we truly are in Christ, and that's a crisis with with so many Christians. You know, uh, we have a new name that's written down in glory. We are a different person. We're no longer the same person that was before we came to faith in Jesus. But oftentimes, we still retain that old name. We still hang on to that old name. Um, you know, again, growing up in church, I often hear church folks talk about other people and they say, you know, a sister so-and-so is, is living a carnal Christian life, you know. Those are the terms that was used. Carnal meaning you are a Christian by, you know, profession, but your lifestyle is really not reflecting what it means to be a Christian. They call those people carnal Christians. They walk in the flesh rather than the spirit. Brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so has backslidden. You know that term, many of you who grew up in church, you always hear church people talk about backslidden people, meaning they, they're growing, you know, slowly, they're, they're growing into spiritual strength, and then something happens in their lives, and they take a, a, back, uh, a backslide, they slid back in their spiritual walk. You know what, these two terms, I know what they mean, but they shouldn't apply to us as Christians anymore the moment we receive the Spirit of God. We need to understand what we mean by these terms. What is a carnal Christian? A carnal Christian is, 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 is all, almost like an oxymoron, you know, because it doesn't fit your title, your name, and my name with what Jesus declared us to be. 
You know, when you call yourself a carnal Christian, what does that mean? Oh, it means that I'm a Christian, but I'm still struggling with all of these things. To struggle with temptations, to struggle with all of these things, you know, that, that God expects that. And that's why we need to equip ourselves to be strong. But to call ourselves carnal, as if to say that, hey, that's an identity that we have, that we are more prone to following the desires of our own sinful nature, is not a term that Christians should embrace. Backsliding is another term that we really should understand what we mean when we say backsliding, okay? Because the Bible says that once we have tasted the goodness of God, you know, that we will not exchange it for any other thing. Because we have tasted, tasted the sweetness, Hebrews 6 says, the sweetness of God's salvation. So these terms, carnal Christians and, and being a backslidden Christians. Is not, they are not terms that we ought to embrace. Yeah, we have moments of spiritual weakness. We all understand that. But that's something that we can remedy. But to backslide or, or to say, well, I believe, you know, for the, the last uh, 10 years of my life, I was, I was believing as a Christian. But the last five years or the last two years, whatever, I've decided I, I, you know, that, that I'm struggling with this. But that, that stuff, that, that kind of thinking shouldn't happen in a Christian's life. If I ask you this morning, how many of you with a raise of hand, how many of you have been to Kenya, Africa? <laughs> we had one. <laughs> what about Tanganyika? Okay, let's make it harder. How many have been to Tanganyika? So, so, so you, you haven't been there. What if I ask you? Would you go back? Well, that's a stupid question. How could you go back to a place you've never been? So when, when we talk about walking in the Spirit, we're talking about tasting the life that Jesus has given us. And you can never go back to a place where you've never been. But if you've been to a, a place, you can always say, okay, I've been there. And there are places where I can go back to, and there are places I will never go back to. That's all part of being, uh, uh, walking in the, in the newness of life. And the same is true with our relationship with Jesus. You can never go back to a relationship that you never had. So this morning, if you never had a relationship with Jesus, you, they have no place for you to go back to. So the, the question is, do you know Jesus? Have you trusted in Jesus? The verse says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom this whole, His whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So God is, is doing Two things in our lives when, when we become Christians. He's, he's doing two things, okay, according to our, our verse. He's, he's transforming us and also transitioning us. When we become Christians, when we come to Jesus by faith, remember those two things. That's our communion point this morning. He's transforming us. For what purpose? For His glory. And that's all right here on earth. The transformation that's ha that happened to you and I the moment we came to faith in Jesus, the work of the Spirit of God in transforming us is for the purpose of glorifying God here on earth. 
But he's not just transforming us so that we can be glorifying to God. He's not just changing the way we think. He's not just this, you know, trying to kill the, 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 the emotions and the soul and, the, and the, the, the deep sin that is in every person's heart. He's not just transforming that. He's also transitioning us towards eternity. That's something that we neglect as Christians, you know, because we always say, oh, you know, the moment you become a Christian, God is transforming you to this and that. Yes, He's transforming us, but He's doing another thing. He's transitioning us and preparing us for eternity. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. We're sojourners. If you live to be 100 years, that's still too short compared to eternity. Our real home is in heaven. So there are two things happening when we become Christians. We are being transformed and we're being transitioned. All of a sudden, the things in this world that we so crave, the things of the world that we so uh, try to, to, uh, to attain, the successes, all of these things, the wonderful things that, that, that we can have in this world, for some reason, the longer we are be, become stronger spiritually, the longer we walk with God the, 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 the less the, the things of the world become appetizing to us because our hearts are being transformed and it's being transitioned. Transformation is for the glory of God while we are here on earth. We are still witnesses to the glory and power of God. And this is the work of the Trinity in our lives. The Father declares us that we are His children. The Son dwells in us and the Spirit of God drives us. You and I will simply never be the same again when we come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. God declares us as strong. The Son of God dwells in us. By that I mean the main influence in our lives are the words of Jesus. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit drives our lives. That's what it means to be positioned for spiritual strength. There's no such thing as a Christian living a defeated life spiritually. And I reject that term. We are victorious in Christ. Amen. There's no trials, no temptation, no struggles, no sin that we cannot overcome. Because of the Spirit of God that He sent us. And that's the great hope that I have. I, I know I'm going to heaven when I die. And that's not bragging. I'm not bragging. You know, I'm going to heaven when I die. That's not a, a Christian bragging. That's the assurance that we have. And that, that assurance, that hope doesn't come from our institutional systems. It doesn't come to the man-made philosophies that we have. It doesn't come from books. It comes from heaven. It comes from God. It's distinct. We have that distinctiveness of hope. We know we are distinct on the basis of two very important qualities that we possess. Responsiveness and expressiveness. Responsiveness is towards eternal values. Okay, Responsiveness to what? To God's Word. Responsiveness to the things that God wants us to do. Responsiveness to the work of the church. The work of Christ in the church. And responsiveness to the plight of the lost. All of those things are the product of our transformational being our responsiveness, responsiveness uh, towards things that have uh, eternal values. Well, as expressiveness, 
uh, or glorifying God on the earth includes prayer, praise, worship, giving, all of those things. Those are all important things that we possess as we grow in spiritual strength. These are transforming and transitioning power of the Holy, that the Holy Spirit uh, gives us. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into, the, into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Secondly, the second mark, the second key that builds upon the first one is this, that spiritual growth gives us the dimensions of Christ's love. The dimensions of Christ's love. Love. Uh, look at the verse again. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. Those are dimensional terms. Those are measurable terms. When you talk about dimensions, you're talking about measurements. Okay? Love of Christ is measured in our practical expressions of love for God. So the knowledge that we have of who Jesus is and His love, the dimensions are, are, are actually measurable. Spiritual strength or spiritual growth like faith, peace, worship, and prayer uh, are not just uh, individual experiences. Okay, we, we as Christians, you know, we promise as individuals to have all of these things. But they are also corporate. This should be experienced in the church. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 10.30 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.